Our show today concerns every one of you watching who's ever had a cavity filled. Because if your filling is made with silver, it probably also contains the highly toxic element, mercury. All right, welcome to Operatory 9, the world's best dental podcast. So this morning, I was digging through the mail, and I found a copy of the Jada that showed up at the house. And my wife hates the Jada. And she sees it, she's like, oh, just throw this thing away. Sees it as junk mail. And I feel like half the time the studies are junk mail. I got an issue here. Gonzalez is shaking his head at me like there's a major problem. No, I, I just can't listen to you in my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> Should I take that personally? <laughs> We're trying something new here. We're um, FaceTiming in Kelly Hendricks. However, this is just an audio recording, and we don't really have our equipment set to maximize it. I think it's going well. So if we didn't... If we didn't hear Chris enough already every day, we get to hear him twice. <laughs> twice, <laughs> right. Oh, you, like in the you full guys have echo. echo going let on, our, huh? Let our listeners be grateful that they're not hearing <laughs> twice the Chris on this one. <laughs> yeah, guys, this sounds better to you than it did to us when we recorded. I know. Well, I have to hear myself echo back. It's like when you're on a phone call with somebody and you hear yourself the whole time, too. Mm. Yeah, it's nice. Okay, Let's get back to business. All right. I'm here tonight with Dr.s Casey Hall, Jason Gonzalez, and Colin Kelly Hendricks. Hello. Kelly, you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Or can you not hear me? All right. We hear we you. We hear you. Loud and clear. But huh? you're here. And Loud and clear. You in. We're based here in Santa Fe, New Mexico. We got Kelly coming from Corvallis, Oregon. Okay. So... I got the Jada out and I was flipping through it. And the last like page is a story about amalgam. And I was like, oh, what is this thing about amalgam? Are we done with amalgam? Is amalgam over? Can we move on from amalgam? And um, I crack it open and it's this big like editorial on why amalgam is still awesome. You know, Amalgam's been in service for a bazillion years, and it's the most dependable dental material, and it's safe, and all this stuff. And what I, the thing that stood out to me the most, certainly as a pediatric dentist, was the um, citation from an FDA, I guess, like commentary on it that said, Amalgam has been proven safe for children above age six. And that was the first time I had ever heard that there was actually question about amalgam safety for children under six. Um, I don't know about you guys, but we were always taught that amalgam was like the supreme dental material and extraordinarily safe. Yeah, regardless of age. Exactly, regardless of age. There's never an age component brought to it. So I was like, whoa, you would think... I mean, when I was in my peds residency, it's not like somebody was like, oh, oh, that kid's six. You can use amalgam on them. It was just we didn't use amalgam. So um, we looked up the FDA um, commentary on it. I don't know what you call that. But up on the web, on the FDA website, they had a big description about amalgam, what it is, its benefits, its this and that. And it basically says that they don't have studies, sufficient studies on kids under six 
to disprove its potential neurotoxic um, effects of mercury. And I don't know, I just thought it was interesting that I've never even heard that mentioned. Have you heard that, Kelly? No, I haven't. And I've never even heard it brought up throughout residency or dental school or anything like that regarding, well, this kid's under a certain age, so we shouldn't use this material. Right, like nobody ever talks about the safety of mal- amalgam in like a educational dental pro dental setting and sure. also i i haven't really had parents bring it up either no i mean we're taking kids to the or all the time in residency even now but in residency we would use amalgam all the time all the time in residency and so yeah they're two years old hey they've got a filling right here let's let's do amalgam and so it was okay I'll, I'll do it now granted they're under six why aren't we putting caps stainless steel crowns on these but you do as you're told <laughs> right and it's, but it's weird that you're in a program and your program especially extolled itself on being like i guess super accurate right and but they're putting amalgam in and we have an fda statement that says it's not been proven safe so you right. should question it but here's the other question. If it's not safe for kids under six, who is it safe for? <laughs> I mean, if the state enforces that we have amalgam separators, so if the material comes out of our office, it doesn't go into the water waste system, um, can we assume that it's safe to be like crammed into a hole in your body? I don't know. I don't use amalgam. We don't even have any in the office. I haven't ever used it in my private practice. Um, I do agree that it is a very dependable material. You could you could place an amalgam at the bottom of a swimming pool, and it would, <laughs> it would probably work. It would eventually set. <laughs> so, totally, yeah. stuff's incredible. You know, we use that um, product Miracle Mix in place of amalgam. If we have like a setting, like a underwater filling that has to be placed, we've been using the Miracle Mix. It's a Fuji product with some silver silver ion, and it's a glass ionomer. And it's ugly like amalgam. doesn't polish like amalgam, but you can place it underwater. And I think it works we found, amazingly well. I think we found ourselves a, a new YouTube video to accomplish, maybe in a dental form, take it under the water. Underwater and, amalgam. And, and see if you can place an amalgam underwater in, in this pool of yours back here. <laughs> well... <laughs> I mean, the question is, do I risk putting amalgam into my pool system? <laughs> Just have a separator. Separator, yes. <laughs> when the plumber's like, what are you putting here? No, this is an amalgam separator for my pool. This is for a very important project. <laughs> That's someday when we become famous YouTubers, we'll, we'll do it. Um, we could do it in a bathtub, you know. And We could do like extreme dental fillings. Oh, I like this. Skydiving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm skydiving and placing a filling. I think it's interesting that in the conclusions of that study or that it's not really even like a study. It's more like a statement. No, it's like a statement. Statement. Yeah. But um, it says that amalgam is the most affordable treatment option in many cases in terms of cost of placement and durability. And I would argue that a stainless steel crown is probably as affordable and longevity is just as good or better. After like 
after like Acero came around and blew the market up with like super cheap steel, um, I would argue it's just as cheap. I mean, the cement is kind of expensive, right? Like the most expensive part of a steel crown is certainly the cement, but it's still pretty damn cheap. And an amalgam, when you factor, I don't know how much amalgam costs, but I do know the clinics known for being cheap love to use it. Be careful what you say that you don't want an insurance company listening <laughs> so they could, they could reduce the cost that pay out for crowns. Right. Oh, wait, these are easier than amalgams? <laughs> but we paid $10 for an amalgam and 30 for a crown. <laughs> we should pay them 9 for crowns. Okay, so this reminds me of the story of my last amalgam. And I do like this conversation about amalgam because well, I never used it in practice because it was controversial. People didn't like it. They were nervous about it. So I was like, I'm not going to do it. And that was the party line I told everyone in the practice. That's what I told parents when they came in with a really bad insurance um, that only would pay for amalgam. And they wondered why they had to pay cash value for a composite. And I was like, well, because I don't offer amalgam. And I did even at one point offer up a referral to a large kids-oriented DSO to have amalgams placed in a family that didn't want to pay for a composite. They went once, they came back and said, I'd like to pay for the composites here. <laughs> yeah. I don't ever want to go I'm back. Not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure what they did there, but they took care of that one for me. Okay, so when I started my residency, I came from University of Missouri, Kansas City. And Kelly will remember this because he also trained there. We loved amalgam. There's a lot right? of amalgam. I mean, we used amalgam for like body lotions. We <laughs> swam in it. We had a Scrooge McDuck pool full of amalgam capsules we would swim through. I have a, a very applicable story to that is I remember one um, specific doctor who was making a Pinewood Derby car and decided that instead of putting lead weights on his car, he would <laughs> drill holes into it and pack the holes with amalgam from the dental school. <laughs> and he said he used like 40-some double spill capsules. Oh my he used gosh. an entire box. You know, they came in a oh box. He used an entire box of capsules for his Pinewood Derby car, and it still <laughs> didn't meet the weight requirements. <laughs> This is why we have it was Kelly definitely on this. the most this is why we have, Yes. <laughs> so the most expensive Pinewood Derby car ever. Vapor coming off that thing that runs down the track. <laughs> How long did that take him to pack? Oh, all it that took in? him like a, a whole evening. He went out to the dental school and he just dude. kept packing and packing and packing. He's the entire thing of double then, spill amalgams. Dude, and then the next day he walked in and got like a D plus on an exam <laughs> because he wasn't studying. <laughs> He was packing amalgam in his Pinewood Derby car. And it still got last place. Because <laughs> he forgot to polish the axles. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Is that about the amalgam? I remember I had the same excitement for Halloween that I do now back in dental school. It, it wasn't as successful as his Pinewood Derby. I tried to get as much plaster as I, or amalgam as possible to... The, to shove in my face so that I could make a, a mask. Oh, you got plaster alginate. Alginate, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I think so, you said amalgam. I'm yeah, like, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. You, you shove alginate. amalgam on your no, face? No. <laughs> wait, what? Yeah, you really want up the Pinewood Derby car, did you? No, 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 no. For, for 
alginate for okay. alginate like i had a bucket like i, oh, I was man. like how am i gonna fill this up to put my face in it and so <laughs> i was so i filled this bucket up and it was a lot of alginate oh, and then but it didn't it didn't it even work like an industrial it didn't mixer even Yes. No. His kitchen aid. Or trying to trying to shove like slow speed suctions up my nose and coming out the side so that it would get around so I could breathe. (laughs) Didn't work. Didn't work. Oh man. See that's a letdown. Oh man. Okay. You remember Kelly? I don't know if these guys were still there when you were around. There was a band, a hard rock cover band of dental students that called themselves the Metal Chapter. I I remember them through you because they were in one of the classes that was near your time. By the time my class started, which was only the year after yours, they were gone. I graduate UMKC. I mean, known for um, the Metal Chapter, our love of amalgam. I mean, we would... We totally got off on how sweet Amalgam was. Kelly, do you remember when I put a filling in your wife and she did not want an Amalgam and the faculty were losing their mind because it was a posterior tooth? Mm. Um, not, th- necess- not really, but I it think- doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I, cannot, I cannot validate that. I think your wife has an Amalgam in her mouth, unless it's been since removed, that I placed in the dental school. It could be. Yeah, you go check that out later, yeah, okay? I'll get in there for sure. You don't have to ask me twice. I'll check it out. Yeah. Okay. So I show up at residency, dude. I've been there like a week. I'm brand new. And my program, there was a lot of learning by doing. And, um, not they Jason's. weren't not at Jason's. Jason's no. was unauthorized teaching programs. <laughs> Mine was like, "Hey, go do this." So I'm in there. I got this like eight year old girl. She's very um, nervous, and she's got a destroyed, uh, probably like number thirty, like a lower right, first molar. Anyway, I'm in there. I prep this thing up, and I have like, it needs like a three surface filling, and it's floating in water i can't keep her dry i'm not that competent of a dentist and i'm thinking i gotta put an amalgam on this if i put a resin i'm screwed it's gonna fail it's her permanent molar i gotta do it gotta do an amalgam so i turned to the assistant i'm like hey do we have amalgam and it was this guy and he was like yeah we got amalgam i was like can you get me amalgam he's like sure so he gets up and runs off to get amalgam i'm sitting there sitting there sitting there it's taking forever for him to come back. He finally comes he's back. He's hand mixing it. He's shaking no, it in no. his hand. He, you know what he's doing? He's running to the faculty. And they're like, hey, Hendrix wants to put some amalgam on this girl. Like, something's wrong here. So he comes back with the amalgam supplies. And the faculty come and knock on the door. They're like, hey, can I talk to you in the hall for a minute? So it's this young attending. She's pretty recently graduated out of her program, I think. And we're in the hall. And we're debating the merits of amalgam and whether or not I should place amalgam and why I want to place amalgam on this girl. And so I'm like, Mr. Kansas City, dude, I put on my metal chapter leather jacket <laughs> with, like full, with full patch on the, like biker patch on the back. And I'm like, hey, I'll die before this gets placed with composite, you know, amalgam forever. <laughs> and she's like, all right, well, if you feel strongly about that, then 
okay, you can do it. She's like, we just don't do a lot of amalgam here. And we wanted to make sure that you weren't just placing it because your school told you is what you're supposed to do. She's like, I wanted you to believe that it was right. And That's was why like, I had your assistant come and like, tell me first before you go and do it. <laughs> Seriously. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm not like directly supervised, but I'm definitely being oversh- overseen or whatever. Okay, so I roll in. I place this amalgam. Meanwhile, this appointment has gone like probably an hour and a half. I don't know, however long it takes you in residency when your assistant has to go get new supplies and then go tell your faculty and then you have to justify why you're doing the filling. You have to go back and probably give another injection and all this crap, okay? I place it. She leaves and the way our clinic was set up was there was a hallway in this hospital and on one side of the hallway was the waiting room and it was a huge waiting room. Like... Imagine the size of like a fast food restaurant, just empty with just chairs all along the sides, a couple bathrooms in there and just chock full of people. And then the checkout windows were like bank in the inner city style with like bulletproof glass and like just like a little slot that you could hand money through. But we didn't ever take money because it was like all Medicaid. I think if somebody had to pay, we didn't know how to take payment. So she goes into checkout with her mom and there's like a check-in and a checkout. She's standing in this huge checkout line in this big room full of people. I'm back in the hallway between the waiting room and the operatories, re-engaged in a discussion about the merits of amalgam with this faculty member. And all of a sudden we hear this thump, like a hard thump, like something just hit the ground hard and a mom starts screaming. We run into the, um, waiting room and it's my patient she's passed out smacked her head on the ground and appears to be having a seizure man her mom is screaming like like she's just the whole waiting room of like 50 people is all like standing and hovering and isn't that what you're supposed to do in a medical emergency (laughs) (laughs) ah the neurotoxins (laughs) nobody nobody knows what to everyone's like frozen so i run in there and I like sit down on the ground and I, I can tell that she's like breathing and she's not dead. And I'm thinking, and they're like, she's having a seizure. And I'm like, okay, oh, she's having a seizure. I'm just going to sit here with her and let her kind of get through it and, you know, make sure she doesn't bite her tongue off or whatever. Anyway, um, she calms down and she comes to, and she's just like, whoa, like all dazed and doesn't know what happened. She had hit her head and her mom's freaking out. And by this time, they had called the emergency response team. So we have like a pediatrician and a bunch of other people kind of run in and everyone's kind of like looking at her and the oral surgeon shows up and she's fine. And they start walking her out and I get pulled aside by like 20 faculty who now start grilling me on what I did to that girl. (laughs) What did you put in her? What did you put into her? What did you (laughs) inject her with? And as soon as she gets out in the hall, she passes out again. And then the mom freaks out. They call 911 again, and this time she gets gurneyed out and taken to the ER where she has to go have all these neurological tests. Really? At the end of the day, they had decided she probably just fainted from the stress. <laughs> like, it's not that common in kids, but she probably fainted, and then all the hubbub, and she fainted again, and she's okay. But I got called in in front of the, like, the I don't know, our oversight committee or whoever, and I had to defend what I did. 
they're like, how, what, how much anesthetic did you give her? And I had given her a block with like one carpule of lidocaine or something. And so they were like, okay, that probably didn't cause it. Did you aspirate? <laughs> You know, when you injected, I'm like, yes, did you this, did you that? And they're like, what But it you wasn't do? in your note. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I was like, I did a three-surface amalgam. And they're like, why'd you use amalgam? So I had to go through this whole thing on why I did amalgam. <laughs> and when I finished it, I got home that night, and I was so stressed. And I just told, remember telling my wife, like, I'm done with amalgam. I don't even care if it's better. If it's quote-unquote better, I'm out of the game. That was my last amalgam. I'm never placing another one. And I never have. <laughs> I'm really disappointed this story didn't end with like your metal chapter buddies showing up in their Harleys. Oh, <laughs> they should have. <laughs> well, I want to. I want to ask: Have you ever had that experience since not doing? <laughs> yeah, of kids passing out. <laughs> yes. Oh, absolutely. What was funny was that the um, faculty member who was lecturing me on amalgam was completely at a loss when that kid passed out. I kind of expected that the faculty would like come to the rescue. She like stood back like, Hey dude, your patient's on the ground. Figure Go save out. him. Yeah. Figure it out. Which is probably because, what she should have done. Because the attending is like, I don't know what to do either. <laughs> like, <laughs> because like, she's right out of dude, residency. I'm an attending because I don't want to deal with this crap. <laughs> yeah. This is all on you, man. Well, oh. my residency also did not use amalgam. Okay. It was available. I think there was one of my co-residents who really, really liked it. So she used it. But um, I, th I think she was the only one. I never did an amalgam in residency. And I've never done one since. So yeah. for me, dental school was the last time I used amalgam. I think for me, I, I used them. But it was kind of like I'm going to sprinkle them here and there just so that they, the attendings know that I'm versatile. <laughs> But, I mean, is Amalgam dead? No. Let's be honest, right? Like, there's places that still use it. Under the age of, like, 50, mm -hmm. still using it routinely, I think, do you think? so. Yeah. I know think? at my dental school, OHSU, they still use Amalgam. When yeah, I graduated thinking... in 2017, you had to have as many Amalgam class twos as you had composites. You would think thing. in Portlandia. Exactly. They would get the neurotoxins <laughs> out of the dental clinic. I'm disappointed. Call the mayor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, once once Seattle stops using it, then Portland yes, will stop using it. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I was surprised. Like, we always have people... Breathing down our throats about changing out our amalgam filter at the office. And I can't think of the last time I cut out an amalgam. I mean, certainly no kid who's seen us has ever had an amalgam placed. We still see them placed by some of the cruddy... I mean, that's probably an unfair description <laughs> of them. I call it a cruddy clinic because they use amalgam. But there are some clinics using amalgam. And they feel... I don't know. I just feel like with some of the new materials we have, glass ionomers, the... Um, bioactive materials like the activa that we've been using there really isn't much place for amalgam if you need to place a filling in my swimming pool <laughs> you could use the miracle mix it'll probably set up underwater well, and it I looks think, metal if you want that look yeah and, and i mean you've got a lot of dentists now saying oh you, you got amalgams in there you want those replaced so we have a lot of people that are trying to use that as their business model to I mean, come on. I bought a new pair of skis after unloading a whole bunch of amalgams out of a 
certain case in the OR. Yep. Well, I mean, I even remember my dad like complaining to me that his teeth hurt, and I said, "Well, why your teeth hurt?" Well, I just had all my amalgam fillings replaced. I'm like, "What the hell did you do that for?" Well, the dentist suggested it, and I th- well, there you go. You're not gonna ask your I mean, dentist's son before. Dude, I think replacing <laughs> all the amalgams with a bunch of resin is not certainly not healthy. Not the way you're gonna go. I, no. And it also was gotta hurt like hell. All that adhesive yeah. in there. Yeah, I was like, no kidding, you're you're hurt. Yeah, you 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 deserve to have all that pain, Dad, for having all that replaced. Yeah, yeah. I had a couple of amalgams placed in dental school, um, and they were huge because it was dental school preparation, so everything's done to ideal margins yeah. and stuff. In fact, speaking of amalgam, maybe we'll end amalgam with this. When I got my big concussion in third year dental school, and couldn't remember anything that had happened to me. Uh, the one, this was a bicycle accident I had, and I don't remember anything from that day, except I remember waking up in the ER and having this brief moment where I realized I couldn't remember anything and I knew I had had a head trauma, and I was concerned I had forgotten everything I learned at dental school, and I recited to myself the ideal width. Of an ideal class one amalgam preparation. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, I hope that's 1.5 millimeters. And I was like, you know what? I can remember this crud. And I checked out. And I don't remember another thing until I was in the car coming home, like sometime in the middle of the night when oh, I great. like snapped out of it. So anyway, there you go. Um, dental amalgam. Perfect. The Jada says it's still legit. We should still be using it. I'm not going to change and start using it. I'll never order another thing of amalgam, but I don't. But if I don't think it's a bad filling, right? That's but what I, I was. Cheap say. clinics use it. I think it's funny because do you guys remember when Doctor Oz came on and like went against amalgam and saying that it, it's getting you sick? Mm-hmm. I, I might consider us playing this later on and having us oh, that Dr. Oz that clip, Dr. Oz clip and in. having us talk about their this too later on but well, have you my just... favorite was them like they're roughing up this amalgam with this like I don't know Brillo pad or something like that look at all this stuff who the hell is brushing their teeth with a Brillo pad you're not like nobody's doing right, all this right. I understand this and yeah all this aerosols you know who is more at risk of having all this is the dentist more so than the <laughs> the uh, patient because the dentist is removing all this crap um, when they're replacing. Well, a lot of the guys who do like the hardcore um, amalgam removal stuff, it that's like their gig. They have like huge like they put on the moon suits. And- oh, yeah. yeah. They put on like moon suits, fume hoods. Like a gas mask there was a type guy thing. In, a guy in town who would put you on an IV and he'd run like some vitamin mixture while he was removing the amalgams that were supposed to help you deal with the toxic so effects. The IV bag exposure. that people get when they have hangovers. That's... Some sort of <laughs> special liquid that he was storing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is one of my special concoctions. A mentor, a great mentor of mine, Doctor Bob Bob. It's called Dental Essence. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, well, so. I have to say though, my the best story of like for, that's happened to me of somebody requesting to have their amalgams removed from their mouth was this dad in Texas brought his daughter in and she had braces and she had like five MODOs probably on posterior teeth. 
and he wanted her amalgams removed because he was afraid that when she chews, the brackets of the braces were going to strike mm. the amalgam and spark a flame in her mouth. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I like that Oh, one. man. Do you imagine, like, mouth meltdown? I don't think that's possible. <laughs> but, I mean, can't rule it out, right? Just safer to remove it, right? Just get it out of there. <laughs> Seriously. Have any of you guys ever placed an amalgam on a front tooth? I think maybe a canine. Canine? I like want to say it, but it was... Yeah, I've done a class no. five canine. Like, I think I did, like, it was like an incisal distal type, like a box. What? So I think I that they had re- recommended me putting that in there at one point, or even, like, lingual, like, there was a lingual tail I remember doing with an uh, mm. amalgam. So, yeah. I've done some lingual pits on lateral incisors, like those, like, cingulum pits that you'll yeah. see it from time to time. I've definitely done those in school. But it's been a long time. Okay, to finish up our little episode on dental amalgam today. Um, oh wait, I got a few questions. We're gonna watch a listen to a clip from Doctor Oz where he's gonna convince us that our uh, mercury fillings are making us sick. But <laughs> of the four of us involved in this conversation, who has amalgams in their mouth? I'm raising my hand. I have. I have, my I have them too. in my yeah. None I'm amalgam free, baby. Well, do you have restorations? You That's why I'm the smartest here. But do, you have, <laughs> do you have restorations? I have a couple of composites, yeah. Okay. I don't think I have any I amalgam have... either. I don't think you do, Kelly. No. Do you remember have... we did some gold inlays for you? Yes, I remember the gold inlay. I've still got it. Sweet money inlay, man. You're going to die with Chris, that. Chris, aren't thing. you a wild card? Don't you have, like, you have gold inlays too? Uh, right? No, my, you know, I had a gold onlay, and my okay. gold onlay failed. Well, I remember putting that yeah. in and then it Dude. being high after I put it in. I was like, I'm putting this in on my um, um, employer. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to get fired. No, okay, so, <laughs> your so, only failed and you carried around Reliax for yes, like six yes. months so <laughs> okay, you no. could glue it back in whenever you needed to. No, so, okay. This comes back to my dental school. We'll come And we were taught that the onlay was kind of like – Put the no pun intended the gold standard of uh-huh. restorations like if you need a crown why get a crown like a porcelain that's going to be so abrasive on the opposing dentition when you could do a gold crown but even better than a gold crown if you don't have to destroy the whole tooth gold only so i had a fat amalgam from dental school and um this actually goes this is interesting this is a good story this goes back to Chris, they're all good stories. Okay? What, thank you, Jason. Thank you. <laughs> and they're so making, making up for that failed onlay. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So when I was in college, I remember I had a tooth that started hurting, and that particular tooth had a. I went to the dentist, and they're like, "Oh, you have a huge cavity," and they basically treatment planned a root canal for me. I remember going to the front desk to check out. And the dentist was not 100% on whether or not I would need the root canal, right? So he's like, oh, you might need an endo on this. It might be okay. It's a very deep cavity. And I went to check out. They had already pre-planned my endo. It was going to be like $900. And I remember like I didn't have $900. So I came home and I told my wife, I'm like, I don't have 900 bucks. And I was like, and I feel like they already decided that I was going to be a root canal even though the dentist told me like, oh, you might not be a root canal, but you might be, so get ready. 
And he didn't mention anything about a crown that I would have to get after said root canal. So they scheduled a follow-up appointment for me, and I canceled it. I had an uncle who was a dentist, lived a couple hours away from where I was in school. We drove out to see him, and he was like, let me see what I can do. And he opened it up, and he was like, oh, it's really deep, but I'm going to put XYZ treatment on it and see if we can calm it down. And he did. And he did some sort of um, pull cap on it. And I remember lying to him or lying <laughs> to the first dentist about whether or not it had hurt spontaneously. Because I remember waking <laughs> up one night and it was hurting. And, then <laughs> and you was know like, that that answer, and I know that now, what that means. <laughs> at the time, I didn't know that. But they're like, oh, is it ever hurt? Is it when you see like candy? or does it? I was like, oh, it's just candy. Like, does it ever hurt, like, randomly? I was like, oh, I think it's okay. Because I wanted it so bad not to be a root canal. And I think I knew, I could intuitively tell that the answer, if I said, oh, it just hurts randomly, it was going to be bad. So I was like, oh, it's fine. So he restores it. Puts an amalgam, I think. Maybe a composite. Yeah, I think he put a... Some substance. Some substance right. into the tooth. He put a composite. <laughs> it was a composite with a with a indirect pulp cap. Fast forward to dental school, and it starts hurting randomly again. And I'm like, oh, damn it. This tooth died. I'm going to have to get an endo. But it hurt like once or twice, and it kind of didn't hurt for a while. Just after I had a half a bag of sour And I was thinking, no, I was (laughs) thinking, you know what? I think I need to get this tooth worked on, but I didn't really want to get the endo yet. So I went to a friend or a friend's dad or something, and I was like, hey— can you check on this resin that I have? And he checked it and it's on tooth 15. It's a huge MO. He gets in there and he's like, oh man, this resin's failing. How did you know? I was like, I just had a weird feeling about it. He's like, oh, that's that's amazing. So he cuts it out and he's like, well, he low speeds it. He's like, I don't see any nerve exposure and it's pretty hard in there. So I'm going to go ahead and throw in this huge amalgam, which he did. Great. I was super stoked, right? I'm at UMKC. I'm like, I got an amalgam, man. Like, I'm better than before. <laughs> so I wear this amalgam, and I have never had tooth pain in that tooth again. And it is vital. Okay? <laughs> it is vital. So during residency, the, the amalgam breaks one day. And a friend of mine, I'm like, hey, dude, I want a gold onlay now. Because it broke off like a, one of the cusps. I was like, can you do a gold onlay? He's like, oh, I think so. So he preps out this gold onlay, and we have this gold onlay done. It cements on, and I'm super stoked. And then it came out eating Swedish fish when I was in practice. (laughs) (laughs) Which I totally know. This is how bad bad dentists are at being dental patients. (laughs) So I break the gold onlay eating Swedish fish. i camping. I drive two hours into town to get it fixed. I go see this dentist who cleans it up and it's really sensitive with the on layoff, which is part of how I know it's still vital. So he numbs me up by request, glues it on. And I'm like, I got to drive the two hours back to the camp area. But I see if one of my favorite taco places, and you guys know how I am when I see tacos. <laughs> You're powerless. So I, <laughs> so I went in and I buy tacos. I'm like, Oh, I'm really numb. I got to be careful not to chew on my cheek, but psh, I know better. I took the biggest bite out of my cheek. It, it was bleeding. <laughs> like I ate my own flesh. 
I self-cannibalized. I had human tacos of my own cheek meat. Had a little bit of a liking to it. <laughs> That's when I've never gone back. And this leads into my next story. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, this onlay over the next several years would come off occasionally. And it started, I could tell it was getting loose. I was heading to Costa Rica for a surf trip. And I didn't have time to get in and have it fixed with one of my buddies. So I'm like, Jason, you got to help me. You got to glue this thing back on. And Jason was new with me yeah, so like, and well, like, super nervous. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you got to glue this thing. I want to impress him, but I don't know what I'm doing. He doesn't have a clue how to like really re-cement it. I've never done any onlays in dental school. <laughs> so I get him in there. I'm like half coaching him. We're in the operator. I'm like, do it like this. With do it like my this. my hands in your mouth. No, no, like that. <laughs> like that. No, yeah. You got to put pressure on it right here. <laughs> it was a total mess. But we finally, we get it glued in and it lasted like three hours. And it falls out. <laughs> I'm like, well, that guy sucks. No. <laughs> so I was, I was like, what am I going to do? This damn thing fell out. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I called another friend who's a, a GP better friend. <laughs> Call another friend, GP in town. I go to his office and I'm like, can you glue this thing back on for me or like over lunch or something? And he glues it on. I'm like, thank you. And he's like, yeah, that thing should be fine. He's like, whenever you want a crown, let me know. Just put a crown on and be done with it. I'm like, thanks. So then I head off on this surf trip to Costa Rica and <clears throat> I'm eating gummy bears <laughs> in the van. Between the airport and the hotel where we end up staying, which is like a four-hour drive in this van down these bumpy roads. Sure enough, I feel my online get loose. So I quit eating on it, and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to nurse this baby along. And I did. Eventually, of course, it falls out when I get to the hotel. But I came prepared, which was the start of carrying Relyx everywhere I go. <laughs> so I had a scaler, a Relyx, and a bag of like two-by-two two gauze. And I can still taste like the dryness of those gauze in my mouth. But I cleaned it up. I dried it out. I scaled it. I took a like a scaler or a spoon and scaled out the inside of it on my tooth. I glued that thing. I bit that thing on there and held it. <laughs> pulled off the gauze. Scaled away all the flash. And that thing stayed in still. Well, I finally decided to have it treated. And put a crown on it. And I had a prosthodontist working for me for a while. And I asked him to do the crown. He did the crown. He could not get the inner portion of that onlay out of my tooth. He's <laughs> like, I can't get this thing off. He's like, should we just leave it? I'm like, yeah, man. It's covering my nerve. Like, <laughs> it's glued in there. It's not moving. So I have a piece of my onlay still in my mouth. Glued in in a crappy room in Costa Rica where the power turned off at night. I did it with a headlamp in the bathroom mirror. So there you go. Wow. The you power of glue and on lace. I have no idea what that had to do with anything, except that now we're going to talk about... <laughs> so it's a crazy it a dental good, story. Again, it was a good 10 minutes This podcast is all about tangents. Is this no operatory night is? <laughs> this is dentistry. All right, all right so, so Dr. we're going to watch this video. <laughs> we're going we're to finish up with a... Um, clip of dr oz where he's going to teach us about whether or not our mercury fillings might be making us sick we want to turn our microphones and look over here or no 
Um, you can or you can just listen to it. Our show oh, today we'll see concerns what happens. Here we every go. one of you watching who's ever had a cavity filled. Because if your filling is made with silver, it probably also contains the highly toxic element mercury. How toxic? This thermometer contains mercury. If I were to drop it, we would have to evacuate this entire studio immediately. Yeah, that's so right. why are dentists still putting fillings containing mercury in your mouth? And if they're already there, could your fillings be poisoning you and making you sick? Hey, man. They're the called FDA told amalgam cool fillings. Older than six. And more than 100 million Americans to date have had them in their mouths. They're made of silver and other metals, but it's mercury that binds these fillings together and keeps them sturdy. Dentists have been using mercury in dental fillings for more than 150 years. But are they safe? It's a question that first sparked a firestorm 30 years ago when major... Oh, really so it can life. spark a flame. But what is safe? Yes. <laughs> you know, what is safe? Oh, We've been using it for 100 the some years. 150 Seems like it's working. years. Dude, could you imagine an amalgam that was placed 150 years ago, how that went down? <laughs> that, that was when they poured the hot mercury in your mouth. news reports brought right, to light the potential toxicity of mercury fillings. The concern? That these fillings may cause serious health problems, from memory loss to mood swings, anxiety, even autoimmune this disorders. This video is so sensational. The American Dental Association <laughs> insists your fillings are safe. Oh, but now there's mounting baby. new evidence showing mercury is released when you eat and drink, and even when you brush your teeth. Oh my gosh. According to one report, <laughs> half of dentists surveyed no longer use them. And if they're inside your mouth, what should you do? Seriously, that's me. I want everyone to take a look in the mirror right now. And if you see these silver, gray, or even black colored fillings in your teeth, you better that means go you to have Pull them out. Pull them out now. <laughs> it means you need to pay attention to this show. Joining me is integrative dentist, Dr. Jerry Curatola. Integrative dentist. Silver fillings containing mercury. That's a special I do believe right there's here. an X Men clip where Magneto pulls someone's fillings out of his mouth. That's right. He does. Sweet. The American Dental Association says fillings containing mercury are safe and pose no health threat. Dr. Curatola, you argue they have got it all wrong. Why is that? Oh. And this is one of the most hotly contested conversations going on in dentistry today. And everyone really deserves well, to know so facts. boring. There is <laughs> Seriously. an ongoing, growing body of research that has shown that uh, mercury from silver fillings can be hazardous. So it's a conversation that really needs to move forward and not to stay in the past. Especially in Beverly Hills. Amalgam is too right. much. I showed the audience like images of what these look like. Is there a difference between having one filling that's with this amalgam, silver amalgam, or 10? So we really don't know how much is dangerous. And this is where there's the not point. enough control studies, but more need to be done. And uh, the reality is, is that the more fillings you have, mercury vapor comes out. When I was in dental school, uh, they used to believe... They used to use uh, it in time with derby cars. Derby cars. Uh, <laughs> the ADA was saying that the mercury is locked in, magically locked in the filling. But we know now that there is mercury vapor. It's acknowledged. We just don't know how much really makes you sick. So walk me through the types of symptoms that folks who've 
who believe they have poisoning from mercury in their amalgams might be experiencing it. And I know there's some research on people who've actually had them removed showing improvement in these areas. It's a fatigue in bed. Um, wow. Mercury <laughs> is one of the most neurotoxic. In bed. That is damaging right. to our nervous systems. On Loss the of essence. Loss of essence. So you have autoimmune uh, <laughs> disorders, fatigue, um, fatigue <laughs> loss, migraines, even skin problems like psoriasis and eczema that have been linked in different studies to toxic exposure to mercury. I know, I know in medical school we're taught about classic mercury poisoning. Those are mostly neurologic. Can you walk me through you know, the, the, the things that no one can argue could be related to mercury poisoning? Mm. Tremors, Tremors. Uh, memory loss, focus, inability to concentrate, these are the most... To be clear, uh, amalgam's the really only thing that can cause these symptoms. To the central no, and wasn't Hot that sweats. patient experiencing so all those at the same time on the floor? Fingernail uh, sensitivity. that this could be doing to avoid exposure even to themselves? Why is it that so many... It usually happens decades after the filling. Still <laughs> Seriously. Silver amalgam fillings. You know, I'm amazed that 47% um, of the dentists in the United States are still placing amalgam restorations. Uh, there are... Um, just, they're very inexpensive uh, to right, do. They're go. easy, they're cheap, and we know that they've lasted in the mouth for a very long time. There are probably viewers right now who've had um, silver mercury fillings uh, for 20 years or more. It's true. I'm one yeah. of them. I've got my share. Let me bring in Dr. John oh, Levine. So he so, still has John, them? You are, <laughs> Get these out of your mouth. Oh, I've had them for 20 <laughs> years. <laughs> By the way, yeah. I'm a doctor I mean, and I'm famous and yeah, I don't you have any of these problems. In your practice. Why is that? <laughs> we, we stopped about 17, 18 years ago. There are just so, much, so many better restorative options. You're really better. looking at these white restorative materials that are tooth colored that actually help to hold the tooth together ah, that's but what the, the evidence do. They hold is it conflicting and there are questions about the science behind it let me challenge you there there are some countries in europe for example that have banned the use of amalgams i mean they wouldn't do that arbitrarily it is a very commonly used hmm. well-proven technique that's the end of that video kids that's part yeah. one i mean the I, other question is it or what about uh, if you use a rubber dam is, is it any safer no, but I, I also got to, I'm calling BS on his adhesives hold the teeth together. Yeah. Because I don't know about you guys, but if you've ever cut out an amalgam, those are hard to cut out. You're like deep in somebody's tooth and you yeah. cannot get that dang thing out. But a composite, you could cut like half of it out and it like shoots out of the mouth. <laughs> like that thing is not glued onto anything. I mean, it bonds to the enamel. As maybe. we're talking about mercury and whatnot. Um, there's a news article published October 17th, which is today. It yeah. says a new study into what babies in the United States may be eating. Says researchers examined 168 baby foods and found that 95% of them contained lead, 73 had arsenic, 75 had cadmium, <laughs> and 32% had mercury. So. Well, you've got these heavy metals. You've got this stuff in absolutely everything you are eating. Especially if they're coming from Flint, eating. Michigan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude, seriously. Yeah. But this stuff is I mean, everywhere, and in you know you're gonna find it everywhere. Well, if right. you eat a lot of fish, you're getting mercury. Yep. Right. I didn't mean, they, I think... didn't they say you get a lot of like your tuna has a lot of mercury right. in it? Yeah. But also like early, early amalgams 
had a ton of mercury in them. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the technique's much better. I would bet that a modern amalgam, and I, I don't know, there's probably not a lot of people doing amalgam research and, like, developing newer, like, quote-unquote, safer amalgams. But old amalgams had a lot of mercury. Newer amalgams have less. They are technically safer in terms of exposure levels from what I understand. But for me, I like to avoid the controversy. And more than anything, I think they're ugly. If I was going to get a filling, I want you to restore form and function. And color is part of form. So give me a tooth-colored filling. If it's comparably good, I'm taking tooth-colored every time. And if it's a little bit worse or might not might not last as long, but there's controversy about the safety of the other one, I'm going to go tooth-colored. So, Yeah, and I think that's why a lot of us don't use it is not so much because we think it's a bad material or because we think it's endangering people. It's because people don't want it. And that's right. part of decision-making is taking into account what the patient wants. Yeah, exactly. Not just like in the dental school where it was like, this is the best material ever. This is foolproof. What is forged in metal shall never die. That was from the Metal Chapters website, that quote. Anyway, yeah, they, they cited GV Black on their website. GV Black taught us about metals. You know, such a weird. baller. Such a baller. Dude, GV Black. Black, he was such a ball. You could see him in his jacket on his hog. No, I mean, he's got that beard. Dude, drive, ride, riding cross-country out to Colorado Springs on his lowrider. Is that fluorosis I see? But, I mean, with amalgams, these types of materials, if you put yourself in the position of the parent who hasn't gone through dental school and isn't educated on all this stuff, if you're given the options, like you should be, for different materials that your kid can have put on their teeth, and you're told, well, I can put this white tooth colored filling in the mouth that has no negative side effects or i can put this silver colored filling that's a great material but could possibly have neurotoxins yeah exactly (laughs) which one are you gonna choose and we're not sure how much come out of the teeth we do know the fda doesn't want you to give it to anybody under six (laughs) but he's like six and a half (laughs) it's probably good now right we can put some BPA sealants on. Well, just to be safe, we'll put on this fluoride varnish just to really make sure it uh, affects his brain. Oh, (laughs) totally right. Okay. This is going to be a treat to edit. This has been fun. There you go. Thanks in advance, Kelly. We can end (laughs) with the quote of the day, which came from my 11-year-old patient. Quote, My teeth are straighter than I am. Eleven and a half. We need to make that into a T-shirt. Yes. Op nine. My teeth are straighter than I am. Straighter than I am. (laughs) It could be a smile direct marketing campaign. Like certain, like the LGBT crowd. Exactly. You're gonna kill it at the pride parade. Smile direct. My teeth are straighter than I am. That's a good one. I like that. All right. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening. Hey. um Please subscribe to Op9. Please invite your friends. If you want to really do us a solid, you could give us a positive review um, wherever you obtained Op9 and help us um, spread the dental love. 